hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 202. My name's Trevor Long from eftm.com.au. You can find me on Twitter, at Trevor Long. And if you then search for at... Stephen Fennick with a PH. You'll find this man and you'll find him at the Royal Easter Show in the Tech Guide Arena. Stephen, hello and good evening. Good evening, Trevor. Great to be with you. Yes, the Easter Show is going well. I wish it was called the Tech Guide Arena. It's actually just called the Tech Arena. Maybe Mate, next year to be the Tech Guide Don't Arena. tell anyone that. Let's just we're, keep uh, going. We're working on that. But <laughs> it uh, had a great response. I had a couple of our listeners come up and they asked me, uh, as usual, where's Trevor? And I said, he's not here. He's probably out doing his own thing. He's got his own life. Uh, but uh, they did wish us well. There was one gentleman who claimed he went to school with you. Oh, he said he went all the way through to year ten. But I think I don't think you went through that far, did you? Mate? <laughs> he was a lovely fella. Yeah, Rightio. <laughs> well, hello to whoever you are. He must have been in buddy Griffith, mate, because he must be from the bush. He's gone to the Easter Show from the well, bush. Yep. I think he was wearing a pa- Parramatta colours too. That wasn't a setup, was it, mate? <laughs> okay. Uh, right. I think I might have known who it is. It might be my accountant, I'll actually. That. Anyway, okay. uh, we are here to talk tech, and there is actually a, a bunch to talk about this week. So thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. We'll tell you about them shortly. Let's get cracking. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. I have been using the term bonkers this week a lot on the radio in, in describing Telstra. Um, it's, it's actually a damn pleasure to be able to say Telstra have surprised me by doing something great. Now, don't get me wrong. Telstra is awesome. They're, they're a great company. They have very dedicated staff. They have an amazing network, all these things. But they have struggled forever to give us and offer to the community um, Amazing value in their in their plans, be it broadband or, um, or or mobile. And there's two things that happened this in this last week. The first one was I got an email as a Telstra customer at home, a broadband customer, saying that as a surprise, uh, they were giving me an extra 500 gigabytes of data per month. I've got 500 already, so I've now got a terabyte of data allowance. Other people have gone from 200 to 500. Whole bunch of stuff going on, and that's happening for 2.5 million existing uh, Telstra Broadband customers. But then, Monday night, uh, or Sunday night, leading into Samsung's big announcements, which which we'll talk about in a moment, Telstra announced that they were changing their mobile accelerate plans, and there's not a single plan they've got in this range that has megabytes worth of data. It's gigabytes, up to 10 gigabytes a month. It's amazing. They're not actually the best deals. They're, they're, They're just amazingly competitive when you compare them to anything Telstra's done before. Well, finally, I think the the word I've been using a lot is unprecedented in yeah. all my stories because it is surprising and they've never done anything like this. I, I, I really like the aggression they're showing here. They've been really aggressive in the market. I think, I honestly, I reckon, I think Optus, Vodafone, Virgin, everyone else must be thinking, hang on a minute. 
Yeah. We've got a bit of a fight on our hands. This is Telstra throwing down the gauntlet a little bit. What I like, though, is the fact that it's April 9, we should point out, that these plans uh, kick in. And the very next day, which we'll talk about in a moment, one of the biggest handset releases of the year in the Samsung Galaxy S6 and 6, S6 Edge. So interesting timing there. But it, it is good to see that well, I, I used to be a Telstra customer, as I think you used to be. Yeah. And one of the reasons I left, because this value didn't exist. Data. And it was, that's right. So the, the, And data is the battleground now between telcos. That is the decision people make on a plan is how much data. Forget the unlimited calls, text. Everyone's doing that. Data is the decider hmm. for a lot of people. And finally, Telstra have come to the party realizing, and I don't know whether this is coincidence, David Thody stepping down, I don't know whether that was his like his parting legacy to <laughs> Telstra to make them do that, but uh, you know I think hats off to them. They're really going to make this 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 market even more competitive. I agree. I think it is David Thody. Um, and and I got the bloody shock of my life this week. I've you know you get you get your comments on on your website and you uh, you know you approve them because there's some narks in the world and you like to I like to hammer them if they're being narky. So that was all good fun. But I got a comment from David Thody and I said, oh, good luck, some idiots written David Thody and who knows what they've said. But it was actually a, quite a reasonable comment. And I thought, hang on a minute. I actually reached out to Telstra. <laughs> it was hilarious. Their PR, PR people said, listen, it is him, but we didn't approve it. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I said, really? So I David, they were going to say it was uh, April Fool's Day. No. Something. So David Thody has, has logged on to, to my article and said, the bonus data for fixed broadband offers are because we value our customers. They're definitely uh, available for our existing customers. We're working to find ways to make our offers more attractive and recognize customers who've been with us for a number of years. And you're right. This bike's bowing out on May the 1st. So what a legacy for him to leave. Not only a great, you know, he's, he's, he's done amazing things with the company, but, but to actually create value, which here's how I look at it, right? Vodafone and Optus are always working to get more customers, Vodafone especially. And here we go. I mean, even though like for like, you can get more data for the same money on many other plans. But the mm. difference used to be, oh, for Telstra's, let's, I'm just going to hypothesize, but for Telstra at 60 bucks, you get one gig and Vodafone, you get four gig. Well, now you might get three gig versus four gig. And that's not that big a difference. And you're yeah. probably more likely to ballpark. stay. It's in the ballpark. And I think let, let's just even just go through some of the figures because the bonus data ranges between 500 meg and seven gig. Yeah. So bonus data, seven gigabytes of bonus data, that's a showstopper in my opinion. That's their, their $95 a month BYO plan. Uh, so yeah, that's just incredible. Yeah. The mobile accelerate, the casual plans as well, you're getting 10 gig on the 130 a month. The mobile accelerate BYO plan, 10 gig on the $95 a month plan. All for use in Australia though. Yep. We should point that out. Doesn't include overseas use. I, there's still no real clear-cut way to use your Telstra phone no. uh, overseas as easily as you can, say, with Vodafone. There's still a bit of a grey area there for Telstra customers. But for use in Australia, wow, you know, they're impressive numbers. Yeah, totally. And, you know, for 70 bucks a month, uh, you're going to get 6 gig of data. For $55 a month, you're getting uh, 3.5 gig of data on their 12-month bring-your-own plans. Now, I'm on a Vodafone Red plan about 60 bucks a month, and I'm getting um, 4 gigs, so it's close, but I'm not on a contract. The only casual plans, $70 a month, 3.5 gigs. So it's still, you know, see what I mean? It's just so close to well, being competitive. I left Telstra. I'll be totally open here. I left Telstra nearly a year ago 
um, because I was paying 95 bucks a month, mm. getting three gig of data. And they've just added seven. No, no overseas usage. No, couldn't do anything. Hmm. Went over to Voter on a sixty nine ninety nine plan, SIM only, six gig of data a month, hmm. plus the five bucks a day roaming. Hmm. I thought, well, thanks Winner. for coming. I'm, yeah. I'm there. Now I'm looking at the Telstra plan, which is the seventy a month BYO Accelerate plan is the same as what I'm getting now. So seventy bucks a month, yeah. BYO six gig. And your old $95 plan is 10 gig. It's 10 gig. I know. There's no, no one else offering but, 10 but gig. Optus and Vote aren't offering 10 gig. No, I know. It's unbelievable. Explain this to me, though. I, as I understand it, okay, you, this is only available for new customers. New and, so and recontracting. an existing customer, what do you have to do if you're an existing customer? Like wipe your plan out or move up to a plan? How do you do it? So I've seen a lot of different feedback on this. And, and you know, this is a tough one because there are always new offers in the market. So, yeah, I, it would be great if they just backdated it all to everyone. But let's calm down. There's 10 million accounts they've got. They can't just change the world. This this is about getting people who are about to come off contract to renew. This is about getting people who are, you know, looking to come to Telstra to come. And I think... Let's not let's not judge them until people have actually picked up the phone. If you're 18 months into a 24-month contract, I'm pretty confident. If you pick up the phone late in April and say, listen, what can you do? They'll, If you commit to another 12 months, they'll let you get all this data. But if you're one month into a 12-month contract, sorry, I mean, there's not, you chose to go to Telstra for that crappy amount of data. Don't be shitty at them now because they've added data. You, you had the choice to go to Vodafone and Optus. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Would would you consider going back to Telstra now with all of this stuff? Oh, absolutely, yes. But the roaming kills me, and you know we're we're fortunate, yeah, and we're pain. not in we're not in the hundred percent of people that that you know. There's a lot of people that don't travel internationally uh, often. You know, you and I are lucky. Mm. We you, you we travel a couple. I travel a couple of times a year. You might be more so than that. That couple of times is really important, especially the way we need to communicate with radio stations and all yeah. the family and stuff. So yeah. it is a very big deal. The Vodafone roaming for me. But in terms yeah, of just same. thinking about my wife or you know other plans in the household, I I think the the BYO plan at forty five dollars a month for two gig on the Telstra network. Yeah. Just remember though, there's only a couple of these that are unlimited calls and texts. So you know Telstra yeah. still have their minute minuteage dollar thing going on, but really people yeah. aren't hitting those caps these days. Plus, Not I haven't even touched on the fact that they announced today they were they were finally doing what Vodafone and Optus do with the if you go over your data, you now you now just you're paying extra ten bucks for an extra you gig just buy instead a block of block of data. Yeah, yeah. So let's also remember too that you know they do have the best network in the country. They, they definitely that, that, have that's, the. That's just the cherry on top. They, they definitely have the best rural regional network. I still don't think that for the average Joe, for about nine million Aussies at the very least in Sydney and Melbourne, I don't think you'll notice a rat's ass difference between Telstra, Optus, and Vodafone in metro areas. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah, I've got to admit, I haven't had any issues with Vodafone. I've, uh, I'm happy. We're, yeah, we're, we're city folk. We, yeah. we, uh, we get plenty of coverage wherever we go. Very rare that I can't get. Hanging around with country folk at the Easter show, mate. Loving it. That's right, yeah. Where the country comes to town, it's been great. Yeah. Anyway, so look, I, I, honestly, really impressed with Telstra. Huge congrats to David Doty all the way down through the ranks because this is revolutionary. And if you are a narc who's thinking, why isn't this for me? It, just think about it in the grander scheme of things. Work out your long-term plan. You will be able to get better deal from Telstra. It's unfortunate it may not be today, but you will get it. They're clearly making a change, and it will roll out across a lot of products as the time rolls on. So a bunch of info on that at uh, eftm.com.au.
And it's a big announcement, of course. Samsung, we mentioned earlier, uh, announcing officially that the Galaxy S6 and the Galaxy 6 Edge is available, will be available on April 10. Coincidentally, one day after these Telstra, magical Telstra plans come into effect, uh, the Galaxy S6 and S6 Edge, as we've mentioned on Two Blokes uh, earlier this year, mm. they've gone down the iPhone path here. And, and by that, I mean there is no uh, micro SD card slot. So memory card slot, memory expansion, you cannot do it. You need to choose a capacity iPhone style. So 32 gig, 64, and 128. I think Apple has 16, 64, 128. Yep. But what this does, it affects the pricing here because last year there was just one price. There was one memory, uh, one memory capacity and just BYO your memory card. Mm. But here, for the first time, we're seeing pricing structure now that, that goes from $999 with the S6 all the way up to $1299 for the 128 and then on the Edge, which is more expensive, as you'd expect, it has that kind of new technology, the Edge, edge, uh, the curved Edge screen. And that starts at 1149 yeah. all the way up to 1449 And doesn't it's, it feel uh, like phones used to be cheaper? I mean, the flagship phones, I get the feeling that, that they used to be yeah. 789 899 at most. Now, the dollar's not been kind to us, let's be honest. But... You know, yes. and, and and these are very comparable to the iPhone. So it's not like Samsung's charging more. But um, so so that that's an interesting thing to me. And, and the HTC is not a great price either. If you're saying that, so basically you need a thousand bucks to get a flagship phone these days. Absolutely, I think. Well, now the, the, there's so much competition, and I think all the telcos have put out all their plans for the uh, the Samsung phones, which I'm actually going to cover in Tech Guide in the next day or so. But the let you look at the average user. Not many of them are going to have fourteen forty nine laying around to buy the Galaxy S six Edge one twenty eight no. gig. I think there's going to be a lot of plan hunting going on. Yes, um, for a lot of these phones. And now, and at, and at that price, Tesla, you're going to have to spend a lot in in mobile handset repayments on top of your plans. Yeah, but I think uh, you know this is. Let's face it. Apart from say an iPhone launch, this would probably be the the other big tentpole launch of the year. Oh, for this sure. is a massive event. April 10 is when it's happening. Pre-orders have already started. So I think you're going to see an iPhone-type launch here. There's going to be a lot of people, I think, coming to this device, and especially those people who are coming off, not off the S5, which is they've still probably got under contract, but the S4, there'll be a lot of people eyeing this off. Yeah. And I think this has got a, this is this device... Is, has got the strength to keep them in the in the Samsung family without question, and, and keep them away from the iPhone. Still, this is aimed fair and square at S three S four owners. It is sensational to hold in the hand. I'm still absolutely not convinced by the Edge. I'll be honest with you. I uh, I actually had it for a night. Um, the only thing I could find that was useful in it was um, uh, it had a clock, you know, on the side of the screen. So when it was sitting on my bedside table, I could see the time. But I, I could get a clock radio for that. Um, and you know the alerts for when who's calling. I mean, it's it's good, but it, it feels a bit weird in the hand because it's so sharp on the edges. Yeah, I, I'm just not convinced by the edge. I definitely think yeah. the S6 standard is a yeah. sensational I think phone. The edge, though, if it's developed the right way, I think if there's if the app developers really sort of get imaginative with that edge, because mm. it kind of acts as like a little independent screen, doesn't it? So there's little notifications that can appear on it. No, I think it, if if the app developers get creative. And if Samsung had have told or came out publicly and said, right, we've got this fancy new phone coming out in three months. Here's a developer kit. Uh, go for it. 
in a similar way that Apple put out the Apple Watch developer kit, like I'm talking mm. November last year, yeah. for an April launch. So, boom, they're going to hit the ground running with these fancy apps. They could have... They could have attracted some big companies making use of that technology. They could, but that's where they, they go they wrong. An opportunity the there. thing about the yeah. edge, though, mate, the edge that we're familiar with from the past is is the note edge, and it's a defined big edge that's very different. This just yeah. looks like a, a round piece of glass sitting on a flat screen, so it it actually looks awkward sometimes when when things go to the edge. And frankly, when was the last time an Android app had some fancy feature developed for it from the Android app developing community? It just doesn't well, happen. Again, I think Samsung missed an opportunity here. They they yeah. could have sort of got got on board. Like you know, they're they're still the number one manufacturer of smartphones in the world. Just yeah. I think they're holding their lead over Apple. But they'd have that that brings with it some clout, don't you think? Why don't they go to Facebook and Twitter and and Qantas and all these companies and say, look, what can you do for us here? Mm, yeah. Anyway, the the price the look April ten. You're not going to see queues around the block, but you're going to see a bunch of people at Telstra. You're going to see a bunch of you know couriers delivering phones that have been pre-ordered. The prices, whilst while they seem high, aren't out, out of this world. They're not ridiculous. <clears throat> and um, I think the challenge, and, and you'll cover this on Tech Guide, is is to find a plan that suits you, but doesn't you know really ruin the hip pocket in terms of those monthly repayments. So interesting and exciting times for Samsung. They are beautiful phones, and you'll see review after review over the weeks ahead. I suggest that that will be ever so glowing in their praise for the Galaxy S6 because it is a sensational-looking phone and it feels great in the hand. But, yeah, uh, the Edge, I'm not convinced, but, Stephen, we shall wait. Maybe a month down the track we'll revisit the, the Galaxy S6 range after spending a bit of time with it and, and see yeah. you know, exactly whether or not we give it a um, thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, you can read about the pricing and availability at techguide.com.au. Now, we were both unashamedly massive fans of the IQ3 box that Foxtel released last week. Yep. We, got, we got to have an early look at it and, uh, and, and have a play with it at, at, at a pre-briefing. It, it looks sensational. It's a, it's a complete reinvigoration of the way Foxtel approaches their content and their offering across both you know, live linear content as well as their, their catch-up content and, and on-demand content. But uh, there's a bit of drama around today um, with Foxtel basically having to deny that they rushed the box out. Uh, places like Mumbrella and Fairfax are reporting that um, that around 2,000 of the boxes have been shipped already and they need a software upgrade. And there's 200,000 boxes in the country and they're all going to need an upgrade before they get shipped. So there's a bit of work to go on. Apparently the thing is randomly resetting itself, recordings are disappearing, content's being shown on the wrong channel, rem- remotes aren't working, device lags. I mean, a whole bunch of things potentially, but... I would say that in 200,000 units, there's always going to be some issues. So let's look at the ones that are causing the most problem. But there's no doubt there's an issue. Foxtel have had to actually say that they've had some teething teething problems and that there's a software (coughs) update required. There there is a customer support forum that, you know, the the sticky item or, you know, the pinned item is, you know, how to to get your software upgrade and check for that. And I I checked mine tonight um, and they've clearly shipped me one with a software upgrade because it didn't need it. And you know whether that's because mine came from a special batch of review units, or whether they they they've worked yeah. it out last week and they've started shipping them with the update, um, doesn't really matter. The fact is that you do need to do a software update. But oh, I still believe better not better not piss off the two blokes talking yeah. to give them good boxes. Good boxes, that's right. I still believe it's a quality box. I still think the interface is sensational. Absolutely. There's funny things, Stephen. Though I mean, you know, here's a really stupid one that I discovered tonight. Um, you know how you go forward, you're watching a TV show and you, you use the left or right arrow to go forward in the EPG and see what's on. And you could either hit the R record button or you could hit the OK button to set a reminder. You can't set reminders anymore. 
So it's well, it's, it's a very weird can, thing. Because you can, if you miss the start, you can go back. If you can go back 24 hours. So, but I, I'm not going to miss yeah. the start. I'm going to forget the program's on, but I didn't want to record it. So I often sit here in the office and a, you know, pops up and says, you know, don't forget this program's on now. And I'll go, oh, okay, I'm going to tune in. So it's just an interesting okay. little, little one. But I mean, I'm sure there'll be more little nitty gritty things, but I still think it's a great yeah, box. I've read, I saw in some of the forums, some people were complaining that the colored buttons weren't working mm. and the, the start over wasn't working properly. And I think, look, uh, there, there's initial teething problems, as you'd expect with a big release like this. But I think if, it, if it's all it needs is a firmware update, a software update, then I think that's a pretty minor issue if it can be fixed as easily as that. Oh, I think they'll be refunding a few people because if you're really annoyed by it, then you know, 150 bucks yeah. is probably no skin off the nose of Foxtel. And they're essentially probably working their asses off in a warehouse making sure it's fixed. So if you have been an early adopter and you've got that technology, you do need to contact Foxtel and they will push the software upgrade to your box. You can't force it yourself. Um, and if you're hanging on for it, well, I still believe it's worth getting absolutely. Um, if, you, yeah. if you're nervous, wait around for it. Wait around for a couple of months and wait till it's all sorted and teething problems are over. But uh, anyway, Foxtel IQ3, our full reviews and, and, and previews are on our websites. Uh, and if, you're, uh, if you've had woes or you want to tell us about your woes, jump on Twitter at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick with a PH, and use the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear and the Arlo range of smart cameras is available now at JB Hi-Fi and other places. This is a 100%, the only 100% wire-free camera solution for your home. You can place the cameras absolutely anywhere you want. No cords means no limits on how or where you use them. Uh, see beautiful crystal clear 720p video. Uh, you can put them out in the rain because they're, they're wet dry and ready for every condition. It's got night vision so you can monitor what's happening in the dark. Motion alerts means that it actually records automatically to a cloud when it detects motion. And that cloud is here in Australia. So you're going to get good performance and, and good uh, good speed from it. It's all this it's the simplest setup you'll ever see. You register an account with a free account you get to get to save a bunch of videos which will keep you going. And uh, all in all, an amazing product. Uh, full review at uh, eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au but Extra details and all the info you need at netgear.com.au. Well, didn't Microsoft surprise me? I mean, I've not really... They're one of those companies you don't really kind of think about uh, when's a new announcement coming and everything, but... Uh, midnight last night, we um, we were uh, we got a, a, the news that uh, they had released a new product, uh, which will be coming to Australia on May the 5th, and it is the Microsoft Surface 3. Now, there is a Surface Pro 3 already in the market. That's a 12-inch device, big, powerful thing. It can be anywhere from a little over 1000 bucks up to $2,500. Um, but it's a great device. But this is aimed fairly and squarely at the iPad and the Samsung Galaxy Tab S and range of products. It's a 10.8-inch screen. It's basically the baby brother of the Surface Pro 3. $699 is a cracking good price. It's running Intel's Atom processor. It's fanless, so it's thinner than ever before. Um, and, mate, at 622 grams, it's actually a very nice little device. I think this will do very well. I agree. I think – and the fact that it's it's affordable – I think one thing that you and I, when we, when we heard about the Surface Pro 3 pricing, I think they had to remind people that it was actually a pretty gutsy tablet that can replace your laptop. Mm-hmm. This is kind of more in that in that range where, okay, it's about as much as an iPad uh, can do a few things the iPad can't do. It's got USB ports, mini display port, my, you know, memory card slot. 
um, has got all the same accessories. So it's the obviously the word Pro is taken out of that for a reason. It's it's not quite as powerful. It's got an Intel Atom processor on board. So, but yet it's still pretty sturdy. And I like the fact that all customers who 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 buy the Surface Three will get a free upgrade to Windows Ten when it's available. And Windows 10, I think, is where I think you're going to see a lot of movement in yeah. terms of desktop users m- taking the experience f- out further, yeah. like to a tablet, to a smartphone, because it is essentially the same software. So hmm. if, if anything, this enhances that opportunity for Microsoft to sort of to expand their footprint in, in the mobile space. Uh, as well. And look, uh, there's two um, versions available, 64 gig onboard storage and 128. The 128 gig uh, storage will cost you 839. And then later in the year at 839, 64 gig of storage will come with LTE, so 4G and uh, 128 gig at 979 for the 4G version. So when you talk about taking it about and being portable, actually 4G is actually not in a lot of tablets. Um, a lot of tablets do just yeah. come Wi-Fi only. So this becomes a true portable workhorse. And here's, honestly, the, the iPad comes with 4G, so I think they wanted to. That's they wanted right. to Have a like for like choice there, you know. They didn't want iPad to be on its own in that easily accessible 4G space. So. And here's where I was blown away. I was I held the the Surface Three and the Surface Pro Three in, in one in each hand, and it's certainly a lot lighter. But I looked and I went, "Hang on a minute." The charging port is micro USB, so they've gone away from that magnetic yep. thing and gone to the basic standard. For charging in the wow. industry, apart from Apple, everyone's using that, including Microsoft devices. Mm-hmm. So I actually think, mate, I think they may have nailed the tablet here. Um, and then in a retail level, mate, it's a very nice product. I would, even though the Samsung Galaxy Tab S has probably the most beautiful screen on a tablet I've seen, um, this thing as a whole device, you know, the, the kickstand yeah. and everything, it's, mate, it's the whole package. But you, you think of the customer who, who this would be, would be considering this. The customer who they've come from a Windows laptop, they want to, you know, they want to get another laptop. They don't want to spend the world, but they they're thinking, what what are my tablet options here? There's a familiarity to them using Windows already on their laptop, so mm. this could be the transition for them to a tablet on a system that they already know. So rather than having to learn a new system in a way with an iPad. This at least keeps them in the Windows family, lets them use the same apps and same things they were used to on the laptop. So I think there's a real potential here for Microsoft to sort of gain those, those switches, if you like, from a laptop to the tablet, especially if they're coming from a Windows device. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this, uh, getting the review unit, giving it a test run and, and I, I like the fact that it's got the, all the same accessories and you can use it easy to type, type on. Mm. It's got the same kickstand. Yep. But at that affordable price, I think uh, they're on. They're onto something here. Yep, I, I'm. You know, I, I'm going to commit to giving it a good couple of weeks. I know it, sounds, it doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, I, I carry a MacBook Air 11 inch with me everywhere. I have a couple of tablets, but I don't really use them extensively. But I'm in a Windows environment at work, so I actually think this could be the absolute kind of 24/7 device that that doesn't leave me with a work and a home uh, option. So it'd be very interesting. So we'll um we'll have news on that before it comes out uh, on May the 5th here in Australia. The the LTE the 4G version won't be out for a few more months after that, but great pricing and uh, full info at techguide.com.au and eftm.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
Well, LG had uh, uh, some major announcements to make in their TV lineup this year. They'd just finished their sponsorship of the World Cup, the World Cricket World Cup, and you couldn't have asked for a better result because not only did Australia win the World Cup, but one of their ambassadors was one of the starring players, Dave Warner, was also at the launch. So they, I'd say LG got their money's worth in terms of publicity mm-hmm. and, and a great great front man for the campaign. But I think, though, what was even more impressive than the uh, than Dave Warner and the World Cup victory itself was the this pretty pretty decent lineup of televisions that give a lot of choice and uh, are offered at reasonable prices as well. What I found most interesting was the fact that a couple of things happening here, 4K UHD is going to be 66% of LG's range of TV. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. The other thing we're noticing is that screen sizes are also getting bigger. The demand for larger screens is massive. And we're talking... 54 64% of LG's TVs are 55 and above. Mm. So and and 65 inch and above represented 25% of the sales. So there's still a solid chunk even in that high end as well. Now LG going aggressively after OLED, they seem to have cracked the code there with the sort of the the successful production of OLED and we're going to see some curved OLED and the full 4K OLED later in the year. But geez, their uh, their full HD LED TVs are very impressive. Well, a couple of new technologies like Color Prime, and uh, and just just some some really nice designs. I think these TVs look great, and they've got an updated WebOS 2.0. I reckon uh, they're going to be do pretty well in the market. Yeah, and let's not kid ourselves. LG's uh, main target is Samsung. Samsung dominates TV sales in Australia, and uh, LG. In, in getting these things out quickly, and we're talking mid-April for some and now for others and May for others, I mean, yeah. we're talking soon rather than, you know, June or something, they they should get a jump here. Now, their their OLED push is important. Their 4K push is important. Still, I believe that the design is, is critical to most people, and I think they have uh, probably one of the best designs in, in, in all manufacturers. So, mate, if they do this wisely, and I think the Cricket World Cup was a brilliant investment for them. I think that did get some, some attention for them. Mate, yeah. they're on a winner here. There's some great TVs. Absolutely. Not, not terrible pricing as well. Yeah, the, that's what's surprising to me is that, that even the 4K TVs are, are, are reasonable. I think, you know, you're, you're talking... You know, less than four thousand for a fifty-five inch UHD TV, four K TV, which a couple of years ago you were talking eight thousand dollars. So they're really being competitive here. Uh, you know, they're they're working hard, obviously, with as you said, taking on the big, the big, you know, Samsung, the the their their opponents over there. Uh, Samsung have kind of gone all down the way of the quantum dots, so the LED technology that they've tweaked uh, mm. and improved the quality over there. LG, though, uh, really going hard at it with OLED, very aggressive in the marketplace. They know that you know they're, they're backing their range. Is what, what I really uh, like the fact that they are backing themselves here out on the front foot with some good products, some great, great uh, advertising and promotion. And uh, can't wait to see these uh, in, the, in the Tech Guide lounge room for review. And I'm sure our listeners can see them in store for themselves as well uh, from now. Check out the full range and pricing, uh, techguide.com.au.
Well, as we draw into the half-hour mark, it's time to up the pace if you're out jogging and uh, keep your eyes on the road if you're driving. <laughs> but Stephen's Minute Reviews are going to kick it off with uh, a cracking mobile phone, the HTC One M9. Yes, I do. I do like this phone, the One M9. Uh, I think the, for the for the people who think, oh, it looks the same as last year, I think that that don't don't really take that as as being too important here. I think it has had a slight design improvement. Uh, when you look at the quality of the handset, I think you'll feel the the, the definite difference difference in quality from even from last year's model, which was also metal. But this seems to have a, a nicer finish. It's got a slightly flatter back panel. It's not quite as curvy around the back. Uh, but mate, what is really impressive, just on the hardware side, before we talk software and stuff, are those front-facing speakers. These are Dolby enhanced boom speakers. This is. In my opinion, the best sounding phone on the market. There is wow. not a smartphone that sounds better than this. A lot of people go, they pay a bit of extra money to buy a Bluetooth speaker to make their phone sound better. You don't need that with the HTC. You can honestly sit this on your desk, play music through it. It will sound as good as a set of Bluetooth speakers. How's that? Yeah. But looking further, we're, we're talking uh, the Android 5.0, so Lollipop. Uh, it's got octa-core processor, so it's lightning fast. I don't mind HTC Sense. A lot of people have criticized it. I kind of like it. It does give a clean look to it. Uh, I don't think it impinges too much on, on, on the operating system itself. I, I like the blink feed and then their current features. Camera-wise, they've finally come forward and put a megapixel value on the camera, which is 20.7. But I think... It's sort of just short of a mark in terms of quality. Like you compare it, like obviously everyone knows the iPhone phone cameras are, are excellent, especially the six plus camera. So I took a series of photographs in my review and can put them literally next to each other. Uh, the HTC pictures are look. Don't get me wrong, they're great pictures. They just lack a little something. They lack that that warmth. They lack a, they're slightly washed out a bit. But I think all that would need to be done there is maybe a software update, maybe a firmware update could maybe tweak that even further. Uh, battery life I found good. I, I, it lasted me the whole day, and that was with solid use. I'm talking late into the night. I could have even gone into the next morning. So battery, I had no complaint. Some people are complaining that it doesn't last as long as a 6 Plus, but that's because the 6 Plus is way bigger device. All in all, I think a massive improvement, and the fact that it's got a micro SD card slot still lets you expand the memory. That is going to go far. I think that's going to play well for them if people are tossing up between another yeah. Android device. For sure. And uh, you've done a massive amount of work on that review, and the whole thing is at techguide.com.au, including Stephen's overall review and rating, which uh, is uh, important, but Probably more important, Stephen, that we, again, we, we readdress that in a month or so once we've uh, sat it side by side with the Galaxy S6. Yep. And I love that this company keeps on keeping on, and it's a, it's a great little company and great little products, and we're talking about speakers once again, the Pure Pop. Yes, that's right. Pure, I think that they, they, they're good at something and they're sticking to it and that's making good digital radios that sound good, that are affordable. Their new range, the Pop range, there are three in the range. There's the Pop Mini, the Pop Midi and the Pop Maxi. That's a bit of a mouthful. Starting at just $99, the Midi, which, uh, the Midi and the Mini, uh, have got a, a vertical design. So that means they've got a very small footprint. So they're not going to take up too much space. 
Uh, the MIDI has the option of having Bluetooth connectivity as well. The Maxi, which is at the top of the line, that has stereo speakers. It's got two speakers on either side. Bluetooth is standard. Uh, I think if you're looking for a digital radio that looks nice, I quite like the design uh, and and sounds great as well. There's a display on the front of each, and it's called Pop because there is a Pop button on the top. So you pop that uh, the on switch uh, to to get started there. It's all they're also portable, so you can use mains power. If you don't want a portable, if you want the portable, you go the batteries. It can take uh, alkaline batteries, rechargeable batteries, and their own eco-friendly rechargeable charge pack. I remember back in the day, mm. the only way you could use it as a portable device was to buy that rechargeable charge pack, was which costs a little bit more than a normal battery. But I'm glad to see they've allowed all these other batteries to work as well. Pop Mini's ninety nine bucks. Pop Midi one twenty nine with Bluetooth one forty nine. Pop Maxi with all the bells and whistles, one seventy nine. If you're confused, it's much easier to follow at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen. All right, we are just ninety eight episodes away from our three hundredth show, Stephen. <laughs> and given the amount of planning, start planning, given the amount of planning we put into the. T- <laughs> 200. Uh, it's all good. We'll be talking about the Galaxy S9 and the iPhone 12 and all sorts of things. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Fennick with a PH and uh, me on Twitter at Trevor Long. And it's always great to hear from you and uh, use the hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. And if you're on iTunes, please uh, jump on, leave a rating. It won't kill you. It's just your way of helping <laughs> other people understand what else is out there. And, uh, and you know, find stuff. It's all about discovery. Discovery in podcasts is probably one of the most important things you'll do. So uh, we appreciate your votes and your thoughts. So tell your all rate. your friends, please. Yeah, all three of them. Most of our listeners are very, not very insular. Uh, no, I'm only joking. Come on, mate. And if you're listening you to this far down, I mean, a lot Come of people, on. after they hear the two-minute reviews, they go, all right, we're done. We're good. We're out of here. And I get yeah, that. I'm cool with no that. Listening right now. Okay. I'm prepared to say that, apart from Rob, um, a couple. Of, there's a couple of people who are just solid. Yeah. Every, they're there all the time. I want to. I want to be surprised. Okay. So Bundy four by four, who uh, rated us five stars on Master Thirty, said the best of the tech podcast that I've heard, informative and relative. Thank you, Bundy four by four. JJ Zip on March twenty seventh, informative show. Um. Oh, look, I'm not going to read that one because it's only two stars. JJ, go away. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, he thinks we've got egos. Well, boys, thanks for your time. I mean, whatever. Do your best. But yeah. uh, Rob203, another Talk congratulations. Yeah, mate, call, call <laughs> me, whatever. Uh, we appreciate your comments and ratings. We need actually a couple of extra five-star ratings now to offset the narc, the JJ Zip that's there. We appreciate your support. Jump on Twitter at Ziggy, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. Stephen, we'll be back next week. Yes, we will. Thanks, Trev. See Talk buddy. to you then. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.